And we're back, episode four, queensofthetechage.fm. We officially have a name. My name's Amara, and I have lovely Kat and Ashfield with me. How are you, ladies? I'm good. Kat, how are you doing? I'm very... I'm doing really well, thank you, girls. I am enjoying my weekend. I can't lie, it's been, been a little bit fraught with work because such things like to spill over but yeah i'm doing well i'm pretty chuffed that we've got a we've got a twitter handle now at queen's queen's ott age uh we've got a we've got a, a website well at least we've got a url queen's the fm well repped by amara there um i'm so i'm i'm doing brilliant quite well. how are you ashfair what have you been up to this weekend i'm 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 good i um slipped over I sprained my ankle um, pretty miserable, but then I thought about I thought about in my head I was going to write a list, but didn't get right get didn't get to writing a list. But I thought about all the things that I was thankful for, and I listed them out and included you two girls on this um, podcast. So um, yeah, here are all the things that I'm thankful. But not your uh, your larger than usual ankle. Not <laughs> the ankle, no. Not thankful for that, but actually it's recovering. Well, also it does give you an excuse to not go running. Yes. Yes, yes, it does. What? Yeah, it meant that I had to calm down and do nothing. Well, it can be depressing, though. I mean, I must admit, I do like... I like to get my sweat on in the gym, but I, I can't yeah. run anymore. I'm far too old and my knees just go. <laughs> and you're going to regret that tomorrow. Oh, well, what, the run? Yeah, I, I, my knees... Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, don't get old. It hurts. It completely sucks, but my... Oh, totally. Let's get younger. Hey, if they sell those pills... <laughs> I'm not. I will yeah, quite happily pop them. Or if you find the fountain of youth. So, right. I think. But the, the real question is, uh, Amara, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you, ladies. I've had a busy weekend. The heat has calmed down slightly, which is always great. We ran a global hackathon this week, which was great, especially within COVID, because everything was virtual. So no, things have been great. Today's topic. What are we talking about? Today's topic. Today's topic, girls, is going to be, it's it's um it's a close one to my heart, the imposter syndrome. So, how often have you heard? And actually, one of my colleagues um, said this this week. Um, she said, "I don't think I'm doing very well at home. I don't think I'm doing very well at work." And actually, she's doing a fantastic job. And um, and it you know it just resonated with me that. Yes, she has that imposter syndrome where she thinks she's not doing so well, yet she's doing so well. So why is that? Why does she think like that? It's it's interesting you say this. I really struggle with this. Not not just in work, but I think in general. I'm that person who's always thinking, I could be doing more, I could be doing better. I always analyse my work or I'm highly critical of my work and... I have a mentor who I caught up with recently on LinkedIn and he said to me, he said, you've always had this. You always seem to think that you're not good enough. Where does it come from? And to be honest, I I don't know. I don't know if it's a if it's a gender thing. I don't know if it's just something that when you when you shift industries, you always carry that burden with you of am I am I going to fit in? But it'd be interesting to understand from from yourselves. Have you ever experienced this? How do you deal with it? And, oh. and what are your thoughts on it? Kat? 
24... Oh, completely. 24-7, almost. I mean, not quite, but... I, I, I think a lot of women in tech, especially, live their lives suffering imposter syndrome. I I look at the job I've, I feel lucky to have got into, and I every... every Every day I kind of wake up going, at some point someone's going to realise I shouldn't be doing this and they'll demote me or fire me. I feel like, I often feel like I can never mess up once. I can never be less than perfect because if I'm ever less than perfect, then again, they will realise that you shouldn't be doing here, you don't belong here, and they'll usher you out. It is, it is pernicious and ever-present in your, in your life. It is... So I, I completely get it. I always think I'm doing worse than I am. I don't never think I can do well enough. And it's hard. But but you're not, you didn't get, you're not there because you were lucky. You're there because you worked hard and you deserve it. And like everybody else, I don't believe in luck. Luck doesn't doesn't take you anywhere. You're there because you tried. Um, everybody Everybody is where they're meant to be because of a series of events that they worked on or happened or something. Um, I just don't think luck has anything to do with it. Well, when you are surrounded by, especially again, again, I'm going to bring this back to women in tech because that's what we're here to talk about. But it is being being surrounded by men who have a natural confidence that they belong where they are. And I think having fought really hard to get where I am, it feels like you have to keep fighting. And I think one thing I was thinking about, actually, um, over the last couple of weeks, I've had to talk to a few uh, a few people about taking on new roles, or men, and they've all been slightly reluctant. And I've had to, not cajole them into it, but I've had to do a lot, I guess, of emotional labour, going, no, no, of course you can do it, and we'll support you, and we'll offer this, and we'll offer that. And, again, there's a lot of emotional labour that's gone into getting like advancing these people's careers. And I sometimes think, wait, if a woman, if I had ever in my career shown that level of indecision, I would have been written off. Or I feel like I would have been written off. And that that's, I think, where a lot of it comes from, is it is the struggle to succeed. When you don't have to struggle anymore, you, you start doubting what you're struggling against. I, I, I think you're right, and I think quite often... Doubt is okay. It's okay to be doubtful about something. It's okay to change your mind about something. Um, and that doesn't show weakness in any way. And quite often in the workplace for women, emotions, doubt, differences of opinions um, can show up. And then some, quite often they're, they're portrayed as weaknesses. In the same way we've talked about this before, crying at work. Is that, is that a weakness? Um, following on the thread of the imposter syndrome at work we're talking about sort of the one of them is just women are emotional that's part of who we are what we are um, and then sometimes you're doubtful that's fine because you're doubt you doubt yourself but that's it's okay to doubt yourself it, it does, does i've i i'm pretty sure i'm not the only person we we go through this in phases especially when you have a lot going on or where you have a lot of things where people are counting on you to to think can I even do this or have I how have I managed to get to where I have and I think I've been quite hard on myself growing up where 
I've always sort of thought, oh, the doubt is good. Being self-critical is good because it makes you want to improve. But actually, as an adult, I've realized you're being too hard on yourself, which other people don't understand. So then they see it as a weakness. Oh, the fact that she's always trying to be better, the fact that she's highly critical of her own work means maybe she isn't as good as she is. So something I'm trying to unlearn and unteach myself is stop being so hard on yourself. You've got to where you have because you have the skills. You are where you are because you are competent enough. And I think as women, um, and especially as, as women from diverse backgrounds, we generally are not taught that. As, as, as young girls, we're taught your second best, you know, be like a man, don't be so emotional. Many other phrases like that get thrown around. Recently, I was in an interview and I was talking to someone and I asked them a question about when have you had to deal with difficult stakeholders? And the example they gave was of a female and they said, came across as very annoyed and, and opinionated and and angry. And in my head, I thought, what? would you have used those same adjectives if this is if this was a if this is a male example? No, I completely agree. I think it it comes back to what we were saying a little while ago when it is having, and this is why I think having women in tech in leadership positions is very important. Because you need somebody who will create the space to let you show doubt or let you show uncertainty. Whereas I think if you've got a, if you've got, as I said, like there's a, there is an amount of emotional labor you can do as a leader, as a, as a mentor, as a, as a manager at work to encourage the people below you, which not to generalize, but I don't think a vast majority of male bosses will put in, especially when they're, some of their reports are women. But I think having having a leader that gives you that space to be emotional and will perform the emotional labour to encourage you. Because I think that's a lot of what it is. It is encouragement. It's not like just relentless cheerleading of go you, you're great. But it is just the, the emotional safety net of going, I can take time to think and I don't have to be sure. And also, maybe, maybe the other the other thing of this is this. Maybe we should all focus on our positives. That's what I always say. Quite often, people focus on fixing people. I see it with some some um, some of my colleagues or or people that I work with or my direct reports. They will come to me and say, "So and so's got this issue," and you you try and flip it and say, "Well, what are their strengths? Play to their strengths." In the same way. We should celebrate our strengths. Oh, I completely agree. I just rather than I find it so hard though. I mean, uh, this is this is where friends uh, like you guys are great uh, because if you ask me to list my strengths, I would have a very short list. But if you ask me to list Amara or Ashfield's strengths, I would quite happily give you a list of a thousand things for each of them. Um, and yet, when challenged to do it for myself, I would struggle. I think, even though. So I think that's your homework. Cat is to write your strengths down and tell us next week. And I think maybe that's that's how to solve the imposter syndrome. That's how to because you're there because of your merits. You're there because you've worked hard. You're there because you passed the interview, because you're capable. You have the skills. You have the knowledge. 
you know, you beat how many other candidates to the role? Oh, I can. I think I, I I do agree, but equally, there's the flip side, which I, which I've suffered from in the past, which is, it's very hard to remember that when you are the only person who looks like you, in a meeting, or you're the only person who looks like you, in your, sprint, uh, you know, your scrum team, um, and day after day, it is. I found this. I, I for a long time um, at work, it would be like, oh, like I'm I'm in a meeting and I'm the only person like me. I'm the only woman here. So how do you deal with that, cat? So have uh, you have you kind of come up with ways of dealing with that or ways of coping? Well, I I mean I think this is I think I wish I had great answers for the people listening because I wish I could tell like the fifteen year old people applying for you know. Like, college or the 20 year olds are scratching university i don't know here's how you deal with that problem the the, the down that the hardest part is there is no easy answer you have to put your big girl pants on and it's making yourself heard isn't it it's speaking up knowing when to speak up showing value mm-hmm. are all the things you're there but then but that is so exhausting i, I remember years and years ago um uh, this is a few, uh, going back a few years. We used to have this stand up every day, um, not every day, once a week, and it would be the entire management team, and everyone knew everyone. And I'd look around, and there'd be twenty five people, all from different departments, from different companies, people that I didn't know, and every single time I was the only woman. Um, and you know, you know, you talk about what's going wrong, but it'd come to your turn, and you'd have this. Oh my goodness, am I going to say the wrong thing? Are they going to think I'm stupid? Or, um, but turns out, after a couple of times, people are listening to what you're saying. You're you're not stupid. It's just it's just your confidence. You just have to get over it. And um, I think I think the lesson is for our view um, for our listeners is that you just just keep doing it. Prep, maybe prep. Prep is the key. I heard Michelle Obama say a couple of weeks ago, or a quote of hers that I came across. I think we, and again, I'm obviously speaking for myself predominantly, you have this perception that you are this, the least intelligent person in that room. So when you're walking into a room, you're thinking, everybody else knows everything. There'll be acronyms flying around and you're panicking thinking, am I the only one who doesn't understand it? And it definitely comes with practice and with experience that you all of a sudden realize that's not necessarily true. And then five or six years later, you're then walking into rooms and understanding, actually most of these people might have certain things that they're better at or they know, but there'll be a lot of things that you know and you're the expert in and they don't. But that initial worry of, I'm gonna be caught out because I'm not as intelligent or I'm not as, well worst in whatever the topic is especially for me when i was coming into the tech space i come from a non-technical background that was the biggest worry that there was all of these acronyms flying around and everyone understands it which means everyone can then see me as the quote-unquote fraud that i am because i don't and it was a good two three years before i kind of found my own ground and understood that that doesn't make me any less intelligent than these people it doesn't diminish any of my skills and expertise. It just means I bring something fresh and new to the table. And I think the it would be great if, I mean, what everybody wants is, I wish I could offer a magic bullet. Like, I wish I had 
the, the, a magic incantation or a pill or a thing you could take to go, and ah, now you won't suffer. I think it's just... It sounds trite, but you, you kind of have to fake it until you make it. And in some ways, as a, I can say this as a person who, um, in my personal life, struggles with enormous amounts of anxiety. The one thing I actually do know I'm good at is work. Like, there are pieces of paper with my name on that say, actually, you're quite clever. Um, and the positions I've gained over the years and the things I've done. So even when I'm not feeling it, I can walk into a room and fine, I will act as if I'm confident when I'm not, in a way that I can't do in my personal life. But there is no silver bullet. You really do just have to push yourself forward. Engage with everyone. Be willing to be called aggressive or opinionated. Own it. Wear it a bit like armour sometimes. And just keep pushing forward because you that's really the only way. It sucks. It really sucks that that's a thing that has to happen. And I, it, I would love to have a conversation, an honest conversation with um, like certain men who, and we've all met them, who come across in these in those circumstances as just the most confident, suave individual on the planet. And I, I wonder, I, I, I would love to talk to them honestly about how did you feel the night before? How do you feel right now? How do you because I I don't think we ever talk about that from the other side. Men have a better elevator pitch than women do. Mm. They they'll introduce themselves. They'll say um, what I do. They'll talk about five companies they've worked for. Um, they ha they'll you know it'll be like a five minute conversation, which you know sometimes you just think I just wanted to know your name. I didn't really need to know any of the rest of it. Um, but they're comfortable doing that. They're comfortable talking about and their pluses talking about their value whereas i think as women there's a consensus we want know. to reach oh. like just yeah and actually even do i want to talk about do does it if, if i find it's irrelevant i probably wouldn't well no do i want to tell there's, there's a there's a part of being women I, hey let's draw a horrible generalization but we do we don't want to win a situation. We want to tend to have a consensus. I'm not particularly interested in conflict for conflict's sake, no matter what some of my colleagues would say about my attitude sometimes. I want the best outcome, but I want the outcome that everyone agrees to. Um, and I think the only way you get over imposter syndrome is with practice. And with talking things with... It's seeing other people do it. Which, again, is kind of partly the point of this podcast. If someone takes anything from what we say, that which is put your big girl pants on, go and fake it, and don't be afraid to have people think you're slightly aggressive, that's great. Find a mentor that you can watch in action. And then go and talk to them about how they really feel. Because I think that's the other thing, is that there's a massive disconnect um, between how I act and possibly come across and how I'm feeling. That's a really important point. And I'm just going to add to that. When you have to then be that louder personality, when you have to put on this persona or an extension of, of who you are, it, it can be quite frustrating because then that's what people see you as. So I normally ask people, 
especially people who have, you know, bosses who are female, what are they like? And nine times out of 10, I get something similar to like all strong headed women. But the interesting thing I find is if someone knew me in my personal life, they would know that actually I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. But anyone who knows me through work or has worked with me in the past or or come across me through networking, etc., would be surprised to hear that because through my job, I have to talk. I have to be the person who engages, who gets people to, to come together in meetings and workshops, etc. So the persona they see is still an extension of me. It's what I've become and learned through my through my role. But then sometimes it diminishes who you are as a person because then that's all people see. So they don't realize that you can actually have an introvert side, that you're not actually that talkative in real life. Oh, no, that, that's, that's so fascinating because that's exactly what I do and have learned to do, I guess. like it, Almost to the point where there's a reason at work I'm cat, but I'm not actually cat outside of work. My parents call me Kate and my friends call me Katie. There's, there's the cat in many ways is a persona. It is the, my work side, my confident... I don't care what you think of me side, it's the hardcore, straight down the middle, work is everything side. It's not the cute, flirty side or the silly side or any of that. It is, it's not a mask because it's still me, but it is me with certain things turned down and certain things turned up. Yeah, but you, I, I think we, we tend to behave a certain way. Um, I mean, I've, I've found, I've, t I've shifted my personality at work. Um, over the years so I was you know I'm really outward facing I'm quite sociable I'm an extrovert I'm quite relaxed outside work um, but my personality at work is much quieter mm -hmm. because I think not being being very social you were categorised as something mm -hmm. um I don't remember, but people would say, oh, yeah, you're the party girl or you're the sociable because you're always out. And and I remember thinking, well, I need to turn that off because that's how people are judging me. So you, you yeah, you, you show a different persona at work. You're conforming. You're conforming to what people want you to conform to. Well, well that's exactly... I think, well, you're also you're conforming to what is... what makes you successful. And in the tech space, that is to be taken seriously as... Like you know, the goal, you know, so many, so many tech bros be like, yeah, it's all about what you know and how good is your coding skills, how is you know, uh, oh, and you're like, yeah. going, actually, well, to be taken seriously, therefore I have to ramp this up, ramp that down. I can't be, I can't be flirty, I can't be cute, I can't be silly, I can't be blah, and so therefore I do this. And, and some, but as I've got more senior, I've managed to pull more of myself back into that and be silly and be, you know, slightly quirky and bring my interests in but again it is all to to bring it back to the central thesis of tonight's episode it is to in a way to combat imposter syndrome it is to put on a mask so i don't feel like i don't belong it is to to really is to fake it until that mythical mythical gif point in the future where i actually don't have to fake fake confidence what are the tips that you've you sort of added to your arsenal or learned to to really hone this and 
and not losing your identity, ladies? That's a, that. That's an interesting point. It's a good question. Yeah, I think part of it is is one through experience, which again is is so unhelpful. It's like, hey, you've got to do it for a while, and then you understand. Uh, it it is being um, exposed to the utter averageness of the uh, of your average guy programmer, and nothing nothing will nothing is more um, encouraging than wow, most people are really bad at this thing I'm good at. Um, but I think in, in all seriousness, um, I, I think the skill is to be able to take a minute in a meeting, look around, accept that you are the only person like you there, whether that, whether that is, uh, you're the only person with, uh, who is, you know, has a disability, whether you're the only person there of a non-straight cis sexuality, whether you're the only person there who is not white. Um, whether you're the only woman there, like whatever is othering you in that moment, it is to accept that yes, you are different, and to be taken seriously, whether we like it or not, you're going to have to prove yourself, or be better than the most average other person there that looks like everyone else, and just listen for five minutes, and force yourself to interject because at some point somebody will say something that you either fundamentally agree with or fundamentally disagree with but you have to force yourself to interject and I've got better over time at knowing when that point is. I think Amara for me I I try and focus on strengths and focus focus try and focus on where I'm making impact and where I'm making a difference um and then just believing that, you know, actually you're there because you're probably better than most people. Yeah? You're there because of a reason, uh, because you work hard or in, you believe in certain values. So it's just a, it's a, it's just a quick reminder, because you're right, um, you know, you can you can get caught up in that list. You, you have, the, the issue you have is you've got a list. Everyone's got a list of achievements that they want to do. They want to read a book. They want to... You know, they want to play the piano. They want to be absolutely fabulous at work. They want to have a great social life. They want to look good. They want to exercise. And the list is exhaustive. You, how can you possibly get through all of that list? And you have, Kat, you have one. Amara, you have one. And I know I have one. And so does everybody else. And so does this girl that we were speaking about who's this mum and thinks she's not that great at work. Um, and it's understanding, actually, it's okay. You can't always tick every single box. In that list. You have to... You have to just do it. There is really no substitute for just being able to set worries aside. And like everything that we don't want to do, like filling in your tax return at the end of the year, uh, go and do the things that scare you. It sucks, but sometimes you just have to do it. Which is where, I guess, mentoring and role models come in, because... If you can see other people doing it, if you can see other people succeeding in it, and if you have a, a safe space to talk about your concerns and be listened to, which I would always hope I am seen as, because that's one of the things I'm passionate about, that makes it easier. And I think, yeah. Thank, what, what do you thank think, you, Mark? ladies. I think those are really, really good tips. I will I will always say it's one of those things that you just have to learn to, to live with and you find ways of coping with it. I don't think it's something that 
you can you can get over it because it's something that's inherently in you. You will always feel like an outsider for whatever reason. But there's definitely ways you can learn to cope with it and ways that you can learn to deal with the environments you're in and whether that's finding mentors who can who can support you and allow you to 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 work on on ways of of fighting that or combating that whether it's things that you do within yourself whether it's just learning to be confident that you will have a persona within work which is very different to how you are outside of work and just having that balance but i think to ignore it or to to let it consume you would would definitely be an injustice to to yourself because i think we are all not just us three but anyone who's listened to this we're all capable human beings we're all where we are in life because we've we've earned it or we've deserved it or we worked hard for it and no, no one and nothing should take that away and i think that that really is is for me sort of like the biggest takeaway with imposter syndrome it's okay i have it it's fine it's not going to stop me it's just going to keep me pushing myself to be better and hopefully along the way i'll find people who who sympathize and understand and who've been through it and I'll, I'll learn from them as much as I learned from you both. Completely. And I think that that's a really good place to, to bring mm. it to a close, I think. Whether we wish we could change it or not, we can't. We have to accept that it will always... Well, for the, for, the, for the foreseeable future, it will be a thing. And the best way of combating that, for us as a community, as people, as women in tech, is to, to be positive role models, to be mentors to uh, show people that you can succeed and to make it easier for everybody else who comes after us. But thank you. Thank you both. I think that was a really good chat. Thank you. Thank you, girls. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please do go back and listen to our other podcasts. You can find us on queensofthetechage.fm. We also have a Twitter account. Which is uh, at queensottage. I love that, Queen's OTT age. And we'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, my name is Amara. We've had Kat and Ashria on the session with us. You can certainly find me on Twitter at Caitlin underscore F underscore Baker, where I really don't tweet very much. <laughs> but I am, th- I am there. Very much, ladies. I'll see you on the next podcast.